What is up, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to the What Is Podcast. I'm Elder Mays. And I'm Elder Melton. And today on the What Is Podcast, we'll be asking yet another what are question. But the question of the day is, what are the laws and ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Exactly. And a lot of these laws and ordinances can be kind of a confusing term. A lot of these go into um, how the church is organized and um, there are ordinances on here and stuff. Um, There's a lot of things that we're asked to do and um, that aren't necessarily commandments per se, but they are they do go into being a member of the church. Yeah. And so the first big thing that we talk about with with laws and ordinances is the priesthood and auxiliaries. So just to to simplify it a little bit, the priesthood is the the power or authority given to to man to act in God's name to um, help in the salvation of His children and sort of um, bind things on earth and in heaven. Exactly, and it's the same power by which we're baptized when we're baptized as members of the church. Um, and it's the same power by which pretty much everything is done in the church. Um, every, every calling is, is operated under a uh, priesthood authority. And so the, the main thing that we kind of want to get into with this is just kind of how it's organized and how um, the church runs as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just like Elder Melton said, the priesthood is really just what everything functions under. It's that it's that power given to um, to man from God, so that they can have an organized church and have structure and make sure that um, whenever we teach about priesthood, we always like to teach about how it's it's like the glue between earth and heaven. You know, if you don't have the priesthood, then it's only here on earth. It's only an ordinance done here on earth. You know, till death do we part, or with baptism, things like that. But when you have the priesthood, and that binds it in heaven as well. So that means that you can, instead of till death do you part, it's for time and all eternity, or your baptism lasts through eternity, and different things like that. And so that's the big reason why we have the priesthood, and also just helps with the, the organization part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of the main organization of it is, at the very top, we have the prophet and his two counselors and the prophet just like we've talked about in the past speaks with god and and uh directs the church on what god has to say essentially and then one thing on that you know like the prophets don't lead the church they're not in charge of the church jesus christ is the head of the church so he's like way above the prophets and things but you know the prophets and apostles are sort of like his his tools yeah and so we have the prophet and his two counselors, and then we have the quorum of the twelve apostles, which is the same as when Christ was on the earth. Um, he had twelve apostles, and we have twelve apostles here now, and they help uh, guide the church as well and re- and receive revelation on what um, the people of the church need to hear. Mm-hmm. And then underneath them, I guess it's not really underneath, but um, just uh, visually. Um, underneath them, we have the quorum of the 70s. And there's multiple quorums of the 70s. And they're essentially more more general authorities that lead the church in different parts of the world. Because 12 people is is not really enough to cover the whole world. So 
um, it's it's really helpful to have the the quorums of the seventies to to help cover uh, the rest of the world. And, you know, that, that same thing keeps going on down the list. You know, you'll have, like, your general area 70s, and then it'll go to, like, stake presidents, temple presidents, um, bishops, you know, young mm-hmm. men's leaders, things like that. Yeah, and, sta- and stakes and wards are set up very similar. We have the, the leader or the stake president or the bishop, um, in the case of a ward, and his two counselors, and then the stake high council um, or the ward council that helps direct the ward or stake. Yeah. And so, you know, I've heard a lot of the time from different people so far on my mission that, you know, the church is, is sexist or whatever because only men hold the priesthood. But the thing is, is, you know, the priesthood isn't something that we use to bless ourselves. Like, we can't use it for our benefit. The priesthood's all service, and so with that comes a lot of responsibility to go out and to serve others and the thing is is we as as men you know we don't hold like we aren't the priesthood we we hold the the right to exercise the priesthood but that doesn't mean that we are the priesthood you know women are benefited just as much as anybody else in the church if not more you know the mm-hmm. the largest women's organization in the world is the Relief Society, which is a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they act under the priesthood. They are able to, um, their leaders and things like that, are able to use that priesthood power to organize and have structure to their thing as well. So exactly. really it's not like a tug-of-war between, you know, men and women in the church. It's it's very unified and very, like, it's a, a single effort. Yeah. And, like... And any woman that is set apart to do a calling in the church is acting under the authority of the priesthood. Um, every calling is every calling in the church uses the priesthood. Uh, just because men are the ones that that hold the priesthood doesn't mean that they're the only ones that can exercise it and and benefit from it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all about the priesthood auxiliaries. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to missionary work. This is a oh, this is yes. a pretty big one. Something that we like quite a lot. <laughs> something we do every single day. So missionary work. What is it? What's it about? So as missionaries or missionary work in general, it's basically just um, people who share their joy of the gospel with other people. Um, there's actually an initiative that we we as missionaries like to use a lot. It's called Love Share Invite. And the big thing with that is, you know, if you love somebody, you have love or something towards another person um, and you want the best for them, you want them to be happy, then that motivates you to to share what makes you happy. Because, you know, we as humans, for whatever reason, when we see someone sad, it's like, hey, I really like doing this. Let's go do this. It'll make you happy. And. So the gospel is a big part of that. So you have that love, and then it leads into the share. You share a message about the gospel. You share your time uh, to to serve or to be a friend, to talk, or to you know bring them food or just anything. And after that, it leads you to invite because you know it's just it's just a stone that it's like a snowball effect and. As it continues down, you know, that love builds into 
to an act of service. And then that act of service leads into inviting somebody. And that's really what missionary work is. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't do missionary work with just two of them. You have to have all three of them. And once you have all three, then you'll you'll be an effective missionary. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, missionary work is one of the, is a super big part of, of what we do, uh, not just us, but what we do as a church. Um, any, anyone can be a missionary. And, and in fact, when we're baptized, we're, uh, we're, we make a promise to stand as a witness of God at all times. Right. Mm-hmm. So even just, just being an example of Jesus Christ an, an example of, um, his love and what he's done for us, um, is, is doing missionary work. Yeah. And, you know, it just leads back to when Christ was on the earth, you know. It may not have been called, like, missionary work, but, you know, they definitely went out and they loved the people they were around and they served them and they invited them to follow Christ. That's exactly what it is, you know. Same thing happens today. We go out and, you know, there's people who um, aren't set apart as missionaries, mm-hmm. but they're still missionaries. You know, everyone who's ever joined the church and has been baptized has taken upon themselves a spiritual name tag. You know, we were physical ones, um, but anyone you ever meet in the church, they they have a spiritual one, and they're more than willing to to share what they know. They may be, you know, a little shy or whatever, but mm-hmm. if they truly love the gospel, they'll they'll share it with others. For sure. And it's super important that we do, because this gospel is really, really important. Yeah. So. Let's move on to the next one. This one is eternal marriage, and this one's really exciting, um, I think. So hit on this a little second ago with with priesthood, Um, just a little glimpse. But eternal marriage, this is a a concept that not a whole lot of people really tend to look at. You know, a lot of people in the world just hear all the time, until death do you part, like I said earlier. But because we have the priesthood, and because we, we know um, the fullness of the gospel, we are able to know that through the priesthood and through that binding power that families and marriages can not just last for time, but they can last for eternity. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, like, I, I don't, I really don't like the concept of till death do you part, right? Mm-hmm. If I... Uh, love someone enough to want to spend my whole life with them on earth, then I definitely want to spend eternity with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only with the, your spouse, but also with your children and yeah. with your relatives and with the rest of your family. Um, the sealing power is what we call it. And it gives us the opportunity to be with our families forever and not just, not just here on the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that's always like drove me not crazy, but sort of just concerned me. You know, like, what if I didn't believe this? Like, what if, what if we didn't have this knowledge and this truth that's been restored? How, like, scared I'd be. I wouldn't really want to get married. I wouldn't want to start a family. I, I, my relationships with people wouldn't be as strong because it's like, what's the point? If, mm-hmm. it's, if it's just till death do you part, then what's the point? Why Why come here? Why have a family? Why get married if you're just going to lose it all when you die? Yeah. And the answer is you're not going to lose it. So make it count. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those people are going to be with you through eternity. 
if you make that decision. Mm-hmm. And you better pick someone you can, you can <laughs> stand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, just like we were talking about early earlier, um, this only comes with the power of the priesthood, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes through uh, by way of the of the temple and and the the things that we do in there um, have an effect on us throughout the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's actually our next point is we want to talk about temples and family history. So this is a big one. So if the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Christ's Church, is very family-centered. You know, the family is the basic unit of society. The family is the basic unit of the church. Without families, society won't function. Society won't grow without families. You know, Heavenly Father's plan for us is really just down the drain. And so as a church, we focus heavily on families and eternal families and finding your families. Um, you know, my mom was um, adopted by her uh, adopted dad um, when she was little because her biological father left. Um, and, you know, I never do that side of my family. I still don't really know, but it's always like I've always wondered ever since I found out that, you know, my grandpa wasn't my biological grandpa. He's more of a grandpa than the other guy was, but it, it just want, I want to find out. And so because, um, the church offers so many different resources for finding your relatives and, um, they have apps like family tree or we use ancestry, things like that. My mom's actually found out so much about that side of, of her family and, um, that side of my family. And it's really interesting to me uh, because a lot of that side of the family, none of them that we know have ever had their temple work done, mm-hmm. um, which basically just consists of like baptism and, and different things that we do inside of the temple. Yeah. And I think you hit on a really important point there is that we, inside the temple, one of the things that we do is we perform ordinances for people that have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because we're wanting to force them into our religion in, uh, in the afterlife, but we do it that way they have the opportunity to accept what we know to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really cool that we have the opportunity to go take their names to the temple and do their work for them. And give them that opportunity. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it actually talks about baptisms for the dead specifically. um, And by implication, other ordinances for the dead. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 29 says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? Uh, And this is a really simple question. The people in the in the New Testament times baptized for the dead, and someone was asking, "Well, why do we do that if they don't rise at all?" And the answer is that they do rise um, in the resurrection, like we talked about in the Plan of Salvation episode. Yeah, and you know, because of this, you know, we have that responsibility. You know, they can't be baptized in the flesh. Um, there's a, another scripture: men will be judged uh, by God according to the flesh, but Working by God in the Spirit, or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 talking about the same concept yeah. as baptism for the dead, and I think it says um, the reason that they're baptized for the dead is that way they can be 
they can be judged by God according to the flesh and live according to the spirit. The spirit, that's right. And you know that's cool because you know spirits can't be baptized. There's nothing. There's no physical part being baptized. But Christ taught that a man must be born of water and of the spirit. And so if they never had that opportunity to be baptized, it's like, well, what's going to happen, you know? So mm-hmm. that's where that proxy comes in. Um, we'll go to the temple and like Elder Melton said, we'll take a name with us and we will act as proxy for that person. It's like going to the store to buy milk for somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you, that somebody's not actually there. You're not dragging them with you to go buy milk, but you're, you're going in place of that person and they still benefit by getting, you know, yeah. their gallon of milk. But. And it's cool because this all goes back to the concept of the priesthood, right? Because mm-hmm. none of this can happen without the priesthood. Um, the priesthood is the is the thing that, that seals it both on earth and in heaven. So without the priesthood, we wouldn't be able to get baptized in the flesh or be able to baptize for our relatives that have passed away. Yeah. So it's it's really, really cool to me that God has given us this this opportunity to help our, our deceased relatives and, um, our friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super cool. I look forward to, um, finding out more. Uh, another thing that, uh, about temples is family history, which I sort of talked about a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's super cool because family history is something that I took for granted a lot growing up. I thought it wasn't important, but being out on my mission and hearing stories of, grandparents or great-grandparents, people who came from different countries and came to the America to start their lives and things like that, it really just, like, hits me that this is where I come from. Like, my family history is me, mm-hmm. you know? It's not just some some boring stories that have no significance in my life. It's like those stories led to the point where I am alive right now, you know, my my different parts of my family who came from like Norway or Ukraine or Germany, things like that coming over here. It's like, those are all part of me. And as family history grows worldwide, not just in the church, it's super cool to see people find those lost connections and to see those stories and to be able to have that, um, that piece of them that they may not have ever known, like revealed. And it's super cool. Um, and with family history, we can find those names that we talked about to take to the temple and to do their work. Mm-hmm. And so family history is awesome. Yeah, it's a really, really cool thing that we're encouraged to do. And if you want to learn how to do family history, come to Christ.org. We'll, we'll help you with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be a member of the church to do family history. I yeah. encourage everyone everywhere to learn about their families. Yeah, it's, it's an important thing to do for sure. Well, let's move on to the next subject. We want to talk a little bit about just service in general. Yeah. Service is a super important part of the church and, and well, a part of life in general. Um, if you're doing service for your friends and for your fellow beings are just, are just it's, it's such a rewarding thing to do and it's so important because it just uplifts and helps us out so much. Yeah. So service is... It's really cool. We do a lot of services, missionaries, um, and just in the church period, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen when like a natural disaster happens or 
something like that, you'll always see people with bright yellow vests on out there cleaning up and helping rebuild homes or tear out, you know, um, tear down bad buildings, things like that. Um, those are all volunteers and members of the church. And it's cool because, you know, everybody needs service, whether that's, you know, their yard getting raked or their dishes need washed or they need help getting to church or whatever. Everybody needs something. Yeah. And, you know, the saying like, oh, I mean, I'm not my brother's keeper. And it's like, you know, you may not be your brother's keeper, but you're your brother's brother. And with that comes the responsibility of watching out for them and taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what we do as members of the church is we watch out for our, our fellow brothers and sisters, make yeah. sure they're taken care of. In everyone's family, right? Um, everyone's descendants from the same Adam and Eve. So we're all of the family of God and we, we want to we wanna help, help each other out. Um, in Mosiah chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God. So it says really clearly in the scriptures that um, when we serve our our friends and our family, not only are we serving them, we're helping them out, but we're also serving God because that's, that's something that he's asked us to do and that we we render God some service when we when we help our friends out. Yeah. I mean, I've done everything from, like I said, raking people's lawn to washing their dishes to getting them a ride for church. It's... It's not just one set in stone thing, you know, mm-hmm. saying hi to somebody, talking with them for a little bit. That could be service. Um, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. And, you know, do it as, as Christ taught. You know, don't seek it for the fame or the glory of, oh, look, I served this person. But do it, do it in secret. Do it where without the praise and... Um, not only will that person be blessed who you serve, but you'll also be blessed. And you know, service is just a really awesome thing. Yeah. When Christ said, Christ once said, that which you send out will come back to you, essentially. Um, essentially saying what goes around comes around, right? right? Yeah. And if you help fr- help out your friends and your family and you're nice and you, you try your best to, to render service, now, given no one's perfect at it, like I don't, I don't like every time I see someone need help, I don't always stop, even though I should. Um, but if we if we help our friends out and our family and and render service to other people, then we we will be blessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about all it is for service. Uh, it's a really simple and easy concept to grab, mm-hmm. but. On to our next topic, which is teaching and learning in the church. Yeah, and this one's this one's really simple as well. Just everyone in the church is going to receive a calling, or we're going to try to give everyone a calling, um, and we want everyone to to feel a, a, a part, feel like they're a part of of what's going on in in their specific units. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because no one. No one in the church is paid for any of their callings or um, it's all volunteer work. And a lot of the I mean, most of the members are happy to do their callings, even even without financial con- compensation for their time or anything. Um, and it's just so cool to see the the love and the service that's that that comes from from serving in the church. Yeah. 
and you know with that it's it's very age based and so whereas a lot of other churches they just have like this big old thing for adults and then nothing really for the kids or um you know maybe the kids go off and play games what the church does the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints is they they have different age specific things and gender specific things to help those people grow on an individual basis mm-hmm. and so we have um for for little kids during church um usually ages of like three to five or three to four something like that we have nursery where they go and they they learn and they sing songs and um it's not you know super in depth and detailed like you know say the the 20 year old plus classes are yeah it it's it ain't no gospel doctrine class that's <laughs> yeah. for sure they're they're in there playing games you know pooping their pants and <laughs> eating marshmallows like <laughs> like a good kid does and um but they're still learning they're still you know singing songs they're still hearing stories about the prophets in the old testament and the new testament and mm-hmm. um uh, they're they're still learning, and then they move to primary, and primary is very similar, but it's just a little bit m- more structured. Mm-hmm. You know, they go in there, they're quiet, they learn more in depth. It's less of the the dancing around and eating snacks and um, you know playing with toys. It's it's more like okay, you're learning how this works. You're learning these stories more in depth, and. and one thing that I think is cool is I've been listening to the same stories since I was little but they don't get old because every time I listen to them I'm learning something different <laughs> yeah it's honestly really crazy like bible stories book of mormon stories I can you can listen to them or read them or hear them a hundred times a million times and still learn something new from it and get a different get a different response and a different um, message yeah so that's why we have these individual classes for age or and gender specific things um gender specific more is like priesthood quorums and really society and young women's and stuff mm-hmm. um not that like we separate the men and the women no. but we also do combined classes like gospel doctrine and and just different sunday school classes mm-hmm. so um there's a place for everyone to be learning something every sunday mm-hmm. every first and third sunday is uh, sunday school where everybody meets together they learn the same lesson they they read the same things, they talk about it, they discuss. And then the second and fourth Sundays are what we call young men's, young women's, or priesthood and relief society. And that's where men will go one place, women will go another, and they'll talk about their specific callings, their specific groups, how they can help people um, in those specific settings. And it's really nice because um, we get that unified action on the first and third Sundays where we're all together, we're learning the same stuff. Then we also get those more specific things, you know. I'm going to need different things than a, a woman needs, or I'm going to need different, um, I'm going to learn at a different pace from, you know, everybody else. And so with that separation, it's way more individual, and people can get help on that that personal setting. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really cool how it's all structured, and it's definitely the way it needs to be structured because, you know, no better way to do it (laughs) yeah for sure it's a it's a great structure let's move on to our last point this is the last one and it's a point that we've actually talked about in a previous episode but we we want to cover it again because along with the laws and ordinances this one's really important to keep in mind 
and it is the concept of enduring to the end. So, enduring to the end. A lot of people, um, when they hear this, they think, okay, just gotta make it till I die. Um, and, you know, that's not always the case. One thing I always love to tell people is that when you read Endure to the End in, say, our training pamphlets or in the scriptures, the E is always, like, capitalized. The E is, it, it's capitalized. And the, the reason for that is because when Christ was here, he told everybody that he was the beginning and the end. And we're not trying to just make it till we die. We're not just trying to make it through the millennium or make it to heaven. We're trying to, to make it till we become like Christ, till we become perfect like Christ. And it's sad to me when people think that, okay, baptisms, that's it. That's all I need to be saved. That's all I need to do. And it's because it's not, you know, one point in time and the rope of eternity is not going to be the thing that determines the rest of eternity if you get baptized or not. Mm-hmm. You you get baptized, yes, that's essential. You have to make that milestone for, for certain things to happen. But if you don't, if you get baptized and then don't live the life you're supposed to or you don't, you know, do the things we've talked about by keeping the commandments and obeying the laws and the ordinances of the gospel, then really all of your baptism was in vain. Like, you, you're not enduring to the end you're not doing those things you need to um if anything it gets harder after you're baptized because there's more um responsibility there's more knowledge there um yeah endure to the end means to just become like christ um with with the help of with the help of jesus christ i mean none of us are going to be perfect even after we're baptized and we're all going to make mistakes and and that's okay but we do need to try to to become better and keep repenting and and to do the best that we can. Um, and that's where enduring to the end comes in is, is none of us are going to be perfect. And, um, we were just asked to keep trying. Yeah. So, and a lot of all these things that we've talked about in this episode go into enduring to the end as well. Um, and past episodes. Yeah. Like everything leads up to just endure to the end. And, um, you know, without that endurance, then you're not going to finish the race. Just like a, a marathon runner, you know, life's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And if you don't endure to the finish line, then you're just lost somewhere along the race. And we've all got to make it to that finish line. And so being mm-hmm. able to endure it all is, is where it's all at. Yeah. So if I was going to if I was going to give any advice about enduring to the end it would be rely on Jesus Christ and allow him to um swallow up your mistakes because you're everyone makes mistakes. I've made I've I've made mistakes which is I know surprising, but um everyone makes mistakes and it is okay because Christ came to the earth and because he did what he did. And he asks us to do a lot of stuff. Yes, we've talked about a lot of things in the last two episodes that he asks us to do. But it's it's all part of the plan, and it's all it's all in in Christ's hands if we allow it to be. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> um, I just like to to echo what you said. I guess 
Um, this episode was a little bit of a shorter one, but, yeah, we said what we needed to. And, you know, just didn't, just rely on Christ, because we can't make it without him. He did what he did so that we could make it. He shed blood from every pore for each and every single one of you. Um, when you think that, one thing I always love to think is that when Christ suffered or when he was shedding blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, that there were there were blood drops with my name on it. You know, some of his pain that he felt was the pains that I feel today. And when I think about that, it, it makes me want to rely on him because he's the only person ever to know how I feel. And because of that, I will always rely on him. And I just, I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I, I have a testimony as well of, of Christ and his mission and, and what he's done for us. And I'm really, I, I'm just so grateful for the knowledge that, that I have of, of him and, and why he came to the earth. And I, I know that, that he did perform the atonement and I know he did it for me and for other maze and for everyone else and not only did he do it for everyone collectively but he did it for everyone individually um, he knows exactly who you are and exactly who I am and um, wants to have a relationship with us and wants us to improve and become better and I know that through the power of the Holy Ghost um, who tells men all things and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ amen amen well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We know it was a little bit of a shorter one this week, but um, we've really enjoyed making it. And um, This is going to be the last episode that gets uploaded while I'm in the mission field. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I go home next Wednesday. Well, next Tuesday. I Next Tuesday we'll upload an episode, but it'll be when I'm on my way home. <laughs> it's crazy. It's weird to think that the time has already come for you to leave, but pretty soon we're going to have to change the title of the podcast <laughs> to Joshua Mountain instead yeah. of Elder. Well, thank you again for listening. Go, into, go to comeuntochrist.org and it's the best website. check it out. Get in touch with the missionaries. We say it every time, but please do it. We would love to talk to you, and I know the missionaries, wherever you are, would love to talk to you, and they're eager to... To see you and to teach you about the things we've talked about. So have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.